welcome to a new episode of the Shack series. Uh, on this episode, we've got Abby Harkin, who's a very own uh, employee of the Swimwear Shack. Uh, we'll get her experience from the Tokyo Olympics competing in the 200 breaststroke. Um, we'll be talking about her life growing up in Newcastle, New South Wales, um, and talk about a bit more about her swimming career as well. Uh, so stay tuned. Hey, you going? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. How's how's quarantine? Um, full of fun and activities. <laughs> oh wow, really? Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> we um literally wake up, we do a workout. My brother did a workout with us this morning on like uh, Zoom, the F forty five, um like tutorial thing, and then have breakfast, and then lay in the sun for a little bit because it's so hot here. It's like <clears throat> it's like thirty five degrees. Um. And so you're soaking up all those rays and getting a pretty good tan. <laughs> yeah, like you need it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I know the thing, because we've been in Tokyo, we weren't really in the sun much, even though it was hot there. And then yeah. it was hot, but we were in, like, it was under the shade the whole time. So I haven't really been exposed to sun for, like, two months, if not longer, because we had trials before that. Oh, yeah, true, true. But, so making up for lost time. Darwin, last time we're here. Yeah. <laughs> well thanks for coming on um you know, what people don't know is that you are an employee uh at the swimwear shack as well um so you've been working there actually longer than i have so you're my boss yeah, um, I'm-, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm everyone's boss even aaron <laughs> yeah you're even aaron's boss i'm sure he's gonna love that he'll agree <laughs> yeah. Uh, so first off uh where did you grow up and how did swimming all begin for you um I grew up in Newcastle um and then I started swimming at my family's pool uh Coglin Swim Center there and then I moved up to the Hunter Valley for majority of my uh childhood so it was um I was probably there for maybe 10 years um and my family travelled back and forth to Sydney every day, which was probably like a 40 up back and forth from Newcastle to Maitland every day, which is about a 45 minute drive. Um, and then I made the move to Sydney um, when I was in grade 10, I think it was. Um, and I had the opportunity to go to boarding school there. Um, and then I moved to Brisbane after that um, in 2015. But um, I think for me, I got into swimming because my family was very involved in it. Um, my uncle was actually an Olympian. He went to uh, Montreal, I think it was 1976, um, it was. Um, and yeah, my mum and dad both swam, my, all my siblings swam. So I think it was just in our nature to be swimmers, <laughs> even though I was the only one who continued it after we probably hit like the age of 12 and 13. Yeah. Was your uncle a breaststroker too? He was a freestyler. He um, was in the 100 freestyle and the 4 by 100 Wow. Yeah. But, um, in saying that, I think it's the worst Olympics Australia has ever had. Um, <laughs> and you're and, a part of the best. And Yeah, I am a part of the best. So it's, <laughs> it's a very, very uh, funny situation. But I actually was talking to him about the Olympics and how different things have been and uh he said 
when they were going to the Olympics, they were in the change room, um, in the um, the pool area, and they some guys would be having a beer or having a cigarette or something. And like it, you just think about that and you go, how is that even possible? <laughs> That's only what you do on the weekend. So. Yeah, I know. I know. We can't even do that any time of the year round, let alone right before you're about to compete in the Olympics. Uh, when did you know that you can make something out of swimming? Obviously, you're a very successful age group swimmer at a national level. Um, so was it then that you you felt like you could make something out of the sport or was it until you grew older? Um, for me, like I've, for, yeah, I was, I think I went really well during my age group swimming. I won a lot of um, nationals and <clears throat> across like many different events. Um, I think it wasn't until maybe 2018 that I kind of started to believe in myself. I think I always lacked a bit of confidence in terms of didn't believe that I was ever going to get there and I thought it was nearly impossible um, to even be a part of this team. Um, I kind of started to really focus on myself and build up my own confidence. Uh, It was, I think, 2018 World Short Course Trials. I was going in with a lot of pressure um, just on myself and uh, I think I, I made the team that year and it really did kind of flick a switch. And from then on, I've just been constantly been working on like physically and mental, uh, physically and mentally, like all those different aspects that have really kind of helped me get to on like onto this team. So it w- wasn't really that long ago that I didn't, that I um, started to believe in myself. Yeah. Uh, I think you could probably agree with the hardest part about, um, about, swimming is the transition from being an age group athlete into an open environment because you know you're so used to to racing a specific you know people only your age and then you grow up and then you you people that have won world championships and and it is a hard transition to make but you know it's well worth it when you can push through yeah definitely i think for me i sat in that age group um, period for a long time um, and then trying to transition into the open team. Um, I had a few setbacks, but um, yeah, I just kept fighting. And at the end of the day, it's, you look back now, you go, oh my gosh, this is all worth it. <laughs> Where are you going to get your tattoo? <laughs> We've all been talking about this, but look, my dad doesn't want me to get a tattoo. so <laughs> <laughs> Surely this is an exception Uh, yeah I said to him surely dad like you've got to let me get this um I've been talking about this my whole life I remember when I actually first qualified for this team I remember running over to Dean and being like Dean I can finally get my tattoo but dad's probably gonna kill me (laughs) but I don't know I'm thinking um just somewhere where I can see it um and it just means like a lot to me um but nothing too big I don't think so yeah, you're not going to get like a Japanese themed sleeve or something. No, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> That's something you'd probably get. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just get it on behalf of your qualification. Yeah. <laughs> get a bit of like maybe tag swimwear shack in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, the logo. Yeah, the logo. <laughs> Who is the most influential person in in your life? Doesn't have to be just for swimming, but can be. Uh, in your life entirely? 
I haven't really thought about this, but like looking back on my last probably two years, three years, then like all the struggles I've had, um, I would probably have to say my dad, um, probably because every, like every setback he's had, he's been the most positive, um, hardworking like person I've ever met. Um, his work ethic is just crazy and out of this world. Um, Last year he was very sick and everyone else was like, there was COVID and everything else happen, happening, but he just like had his own little tunnel and he just knew the direction he was going to get to and nothing was going to get in his way. So, um, and I've seen that like my whole life, but I don't think I've really ever like noticed it until I've matured a little bit and kind of taken it under my wing and put it into my everyday life. So for me, it was, having that hard work ethic in terms of my training and in and out of the pool um, and just having the persistence just to keep going and all that. So, yeah, it would definitely be my dad. Yeah. What was his reaction when you you made the team? Um, well, he said the best day of his life was uh, winning the grand final. <laughs> but his best day of his life now is the 16th of June when I qualified for the team. So, like that's pretty special it gives me goosebumps but um he was just he was bawling his eyes out I remember him talking to me just before my race and I kind of nearly convinced myself that I wasn't going to make the team um but he just had all these little talks with me and he was so positive about everything and yeah he was just over the moon (laughs) yeah yeah especially your rough start to the week when um when you know, the hundred breasts for you didn't go quite according to plan. Um, but then to back up and then make the 200 must have been oh, it a was, whole different feeling. Yeah. Like, as you would know, Jacob, it's like a week full of emotions. Like it's yeah, just like that. When I first raced, I had nearly just like wiped myself out. Like I was like, well, obviously, like I'm not going to make this team. Obviously, like I haven't done the work and you just start doubting yourself. But in all honesty, like you can turn around in a switch and just be like, look, this is, this can happen. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. What, what do you do other than uh, swimming and what are your hobbies outside of swimming? Uh, well, I work at the swimwear shop. <laughs> that's your hobby? <laughs> well, that's what I do. Well, it is a hobby. I love coming to work, honestly. It's, we're all like best friends. <laughs> We've got this yeah. awesome. Um, Look, swimming does take up a lot of time of our life, but um, are you still there? Might have kind of, kind of, oh, no. Yeah. I'm still there. Sorry, it just kept freezing. Um, but for me, we always, you and I and Jack, we always go for breakfast. We make the most of our free time. Um, there's never a dull moment. Like it's after training, we finish gym. We're always like, okay, breakfast. Um, and we've got all our little local places to go. Um what else I, I love to go shopping. I love the beach. Like all I'm craving right now is just to go down on the beach and have some fish and chips with all my friends and family. Um, I love actually during COVID last year, I got into gardening. So I'm really looking forward to getting home and doing some gardening. I'm not very good at it, but <laughs> um, I've like during, I know I've only been in quarantine for a couple of days, but I've started riding and it's actually like a really nice thing to do. So I enjoy doing that and yeah, I'm not crazy, like do crazy things, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Brisbane's the perfect spot for all things like that too. Definitely. Like we've got the luxury of having the sunny coast and Gold Coast like very close to us. And I've also got the luxury of my best friends and boyfriend and everyone so close to me. So Yeah. Um, what do you enjoy most about swimming? Um, I would have to say like the friendships we're formed, like it's actually crazy. So, um, like what, we're, what you and I and Jack have formed, like we're, and Arnie and Kyle, like we're literally just like this one group that I know, like we'll stick together forever. Um, yeah. and just meeting new people and having that challenge every day. Um, I think for me, I've really like stepped up in my training. So I've really enjoyed waking up every day and being like, oh, I know I've got this really tough set coming up. So like, what can I set for myself? And like, what can I overcome and all of that? So I think that's, uh, that's what I really do enjoy about swimming. Yeah. And talk about the whole Olympic experience, like going into staging camp. And then when you got there, like, was it kind of everything that you'd expected it to be? Um, I was really nervous going into camp. Um, staging camp, we were in Cairns for two weeks. Um, everyone had to come up a little bit early because the whole COVID breakout. So we ended up all being up there. We, we went a bit beforehand, but the team was together for about two, two and a half, three weeks before going into Tokyo. Um, yeah, I was nervous. I was nervous to mingle with everyone because I didn't know. For me, this is my first long course team. Um, and I haven't really been on a team with like all these big names before, but uh, it was, it was incredible. Like everyone bonded so well, everyone trained so hard. Uh, we had some really good times, even though we had to stay in a bubble and we couldn't do much. We um, enjoyed each other's company. And also when we got into Tokyo, um, I was really expecting to be very overwhelming, um, especially with all the COVID stuff. Uh, the first day was a very big day for us. We flew in and it uh, took us nearly, our flight was about six, seven hours. Um, it took us nearly five and a half or six hours to get from off the plane to our hotel room, just because all the COVID regulations we had to go through. Um, but other than that, everything was pretty smooth. Um, it wasn't very overwhelming. Yeah, there was a lot of people and some huge names but uh, probably the only thing we had to really do was just make sure we're wearing a face mask, um, constantly using hand sanitizer, uh, wearing gloves <laughs> for our meals. So I'm really looking forward to going home and not having to eat a meal with <clears throat> gloves on and uh, a Perspex uh, box around me. <laughs> yeah. But I think, and I was really worried about transport, like in terms of uh, getting to and from the pool. But being in Tokyo, I think we were very blessed that everyone, everything was so organised. And, um, you know, if there was a problem, it was going to be fixed like instantly. So it was probably so much more relaxed than I thought it was going to be. Um, but, yeah, it was still an experience that I'll never forget. Yeah. And, and what were some things that you didn't really expect from the Olympic environment or, I guess, the Olympic village? Um, I thought there was going to be a lot more unhealthy food, but yep. everything was pretty good. Um, I think being in Tokyo as well, 
we had like the luxury of the sushi and a bit more um, Japanese cuisine. Um, I thought, I think because of COVID there was, um, everyone was like a little bit more quiet than usual, but I thought it was going to be like this huge party and no one was really going to be focusing on uh, like their own sport or anything like that. Um, not really from Australia, but um, maybe other countries. Um, yeah. Not much else. I think like you told me a lot about like what was happening and what occurred in Rio. Um, so I think I set myself up pretty well, but nothing really too unexpected. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's all thanks to me that you just knew what to do. But, oh, well, yeah, you taught me well, but... <laughs> No, but like honestly, it was yeah, it was pretty good. And and what were you given um, going into the Olympics? You obviously get like the sponsors, the sponsors and stuff are really really good for swimming Australia and um, and at the Olympics. So you know you get given quite a few gifts and like you know you get custom race suits from Speedo as well. What what were you given and what was your favorite? Um like race suits for me just like you look like I remember being a young girl and when I, in like 2008 and you look at Steph Rice and all those guys and they're in these race suits that have got the Olympic rings on it and the coat of arms do you just go like I wonder what it feels to be like racing in that suit um so for me the race suit was like probably the most special thing I got um and the cop the gold cap with your name on it um and we got some pretty cool things like uh they have like a little village store within the olympic village and you could go get like your own custom made uh asic shoes um they had some really good merch this is part of it this is like a nice shirt they had yeah um what else i wrote some things down that i thought were really cool oh we got um samsung sponsors the Olympics so they give us like a new phone and some like earbuds and stuff like that and it has like a personalized um, Olympic rings on the back back of it yeah. um, I actually just found out that you would know this place um Jacob but Char Grill Charlie's yeah they've yep. actually announced that they're giving Olympians free Char Grill Charlie's for the next year <laughs> oh even though it's only in Sydney and Melbourne I was like okay I have to make my way down there <laughs> to get it it's like the best place Sydney. yeah you get eaten good and free for the next year jesus <laughs> <laughs> but also another cool thing was like i think uh a lot of people look at everyone else's uniforms and think that it's oh they they have so much better stuff than us but everyone loved our green and gold shoes um actually i'll show you them they're really cool yeah okay um Oh, they are wow. they're like okay they're very out there but like this is what they are but they're in the middle are they like, cool i like the back yeah they have bk in them yeah um so boxing kangaroo and a lot of the other countries um were apparently like just like oh my gosh i really want those shoes <laughs> no one would have given them away um so i think that was pretty cool like Look, you, yeah, as I said, you look at every other country, you go, oh, like Germany had some really cool Adidas gear and um, obviously the US gets like crazy amounts of uniforms. But, yeah, the amount of uniform we got is just crazy as well. <laughs> did you swap any stuff? Like did you get any any gear from any other kind of countries? 
didn't really get the opportunity. It was kind of hard because of the whole COVID situation. Um, yeah. Look, some people did, uh, and they did get some pretty cool things, but, yeah, no, I didn't get that opportunity. And you're just happy with what you got anyway, so yeah. it's not like you're missing out. So I got some, um, like, everyone swaps pins and stuff, so that's good. Yeah. Um, so how are the Olympics? You've you know, obviously, as you mentioned before, you've been to World Short Course. How are the Olympics different to other world-renowned events? Um, so, yeah, for me, I think I can only compare to, um, well, even World Uni Games. Like, World Uni Games was pretty big. Um, yeah. Like, it just goes to another level. Like, there's so many more athletes. Uh, the names you see at the Olympics are just crazy um like all the nba players are in there i saw Djokovic, i saw ash Barty. um so i think yeah obviously uh the um yeah like whoever's in there is just crazy um what else dining hall is just huge there was two levels just filled with tables and chairs and so much food um what else today I can't really think of much else because I haven't really had the opportunity to really experience like another bigger event. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, just, it was so big. It's a Maybe lot of, I'll... sorry. A lot of walking to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like you find, like you walk to and from the, the bus and our bus station was like pretty much right at the end of the terminal. Um, going to and from the dining hall. We were in a really good location though, like Australia's Tower. So we were pretty lucky. But yeah, you just find yourself that you'd be walking a lot more. Yeah. I'll ask the same question after next year when you make <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Worlds and Com Games. That'll be interesting. Um, who were your roommates this time? Um, so in Cairns in staging, I was with Ariane. Um yeah. And then in Tokyo, it's like a, you you have like your own individual room and then you have like so a little apartment and then you have the individual rooms off it. Um, so in my room, I was with Meg Harris, um, who's also a part of our team. Um, I had Maddie Wilson and Leah Neal and Bree Frostle and Molly O'Callaghan. Yeah, That's, it's good. You get, you got a pretty good apartment there. We had a crazy room. Um, the first couple of days was just like music playing, everyone singing, everyone dancing. Um, and then you could see when like race mode hit, everyone was like coming back from training or racing and everyone was like napping. And so it did quieten down. But I think everyone was a little bit jealous of our room just because we had so much going on and so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you would have had that break from competition as well, which would have been good for you guys mentally to just kind of step away from swimming. Yeah. Yeah. We had, um, once we'd finished competing, we actually, we all put our mattresses in like our common room and had like a little sleepover together and <laughs> just made the most of our time. I wonder if the boys did that. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, what's the most valuable lesson that you learned um, from your trip away? Um, I think it comes back to like my confidence. Um, for me, I just never thought I was good enough to be on this team. Um, so over like the last couple of weeks, you kind of reflect on 
like why you are here and how you earned your spot and stuff like that. So I've definitely, I'm sitting in quarantine now and you've got a lot of time to think. I'm definitely sitting here right now and um, thinking that like, I believe that I made, I may have not swum my best and what I had dreamed of, but I know I earned my spot. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's just being, I have to believe my believe in myself more. Yeah. And um, what's next for you now? Obviously, big break time for you. So what are you going to do in your break? And then uh, what are you looking forward to next year? Yeah. Um, so currently we're in quarantine. We've got two weeks here. We're in day four. Yeah. Um, so 10 days to go. I'm not really taking this as a break. I'm trying pretty hard to, like I am relaxing, but um, I'm trying pretty hard to just, do a little bit of a workout in the morning and um, eat as good as I can. Um, just because when I get home, I really want to kind of sit back and relax with my family and friends. Um, I really want to go camping. We're going to yeah. all go together. Um, <laughs> so much fun. Um, just like have little trips away. Hopefully COVID's like nice to us and that we can actually get away. But I'm just looking forward to seriously just like sitting down and <laughs> having some nice food and drinks and <laughs> all that so yeah but um I haven't really got anything planned I think um no I don't know I haven't really got anything planned I think COVID's kind of got in our way and so yeah that's been the hardest bit yeah yeah I think at this stage you can't really make plans yeah. at least anything past a few weeks so <laughs> if you could give uh any advice to your younger self what would it be oh wait you said a question before what was it about um um what i got planned for next year oh like what's next for you oh was that oh, yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah that's right yeah what what have you got planned for um yeah next year um uh, well as you said before we got con games and worlds next year um so that's going to be a big year. There's trials in April. Yeah. Um, so I'll be, yeah, I'll have like a couple of weeks out of the water. I don't know how long yet. I still have to talk to Dean about that. Um, but yeah, trials in April. And then if I make the team, it will be in, uh, it's Fukuoka in uh, Japan. And then depending on what's going on in Australia with COVID, um, will most likely stay overseas and train up until Com Games, which is in Birmingham. Um, and then, yeah, so it's, a, it's going to be a very big year. We thought this year was going to be big, but I think next year is going to be even bigger. Yeah, and even if you've got ISL next year too, that'll be you know, like, even longer. Yeah, I know, right? And that's right at the end of the year, so if you make an ISL team, which uh, would be amazing. Um, yeah, it just <laughs> your whole year, pretty much from April to, it could be even be December is just traveling. And look, I'm not complaining because you're overseas the whole day. <laughs> and you I'll be complaining because you guys will be gone for another like six months again. <laughs> we won't be able to go out for breakfast. No, I know. I'm just going to have to sit and wait. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? You can just work more. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, what, 
what what advice would you give to your younger self if you could uh, give them a message? Um, uh, what would it be? I think for me, looking back now, I wasn't the hardest trainer. I wasn't the most disciplined um, when you're, you know, up, like in that age group period. So I think uh, for me, just understanding that, um, that like when you are young, all these experiences and opportunities are actually creating, are going to give you success in the future. Um, so all those one percenters and stuff like that will actually be meaningful. It might not mean, you may not see, um, you may not get like the success at the time, but like from what I've achieved and how long it has taken me, I think for me, it was just believe in yourself and success takes time. So yeah, it would be that. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's oh. all I got for you. It's Thanks hard. for coming on. I was going to call you Changi then. <laughs> I'm going to be like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> what are you doing for the rest of the day? Um, what am I doing? Not much. I'm going to go and tan for a bit. Oh. But, Something well, new? Yeah, I just had lunch. The food's actually been pretty good. Yeah. So, um, I've been lucky with that. But yeah, probably 10. And then I think we're going to have a movie night tonight, but everyone's like um, socially distanced. <laughs> Zoom, Zoom uh, movie night. I'm going to like put Netflix up on our computers and all start at the same time. And oh, just right. Keep it going so we can all just, yeah, make the most of the, the, the days we've still got left. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty limited on options of what you can do. So that sounds pretty good anyway. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> All right, well, have a good day. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me, Jacob. Yeah. It's so weird that you call me Jacob. <laughs> oh, I hesitate every time. <laughs> oh. All right, I'll speak to you soon. See you soon. Bye. All right, see you, Abs. <laughs>